Well, hey, Element Church, we are living in uncharted territory, are we not? Uh, I don't ever remember a time in my life experiencing anything like what we're seeing today, um, and I pray that we don't ever experience anything remotely close to this uh, again. We need to continue to pray uh, for all those who are infected, uh, that God would bring healing and help to them. Pray for those who are not infected, that God would protect us and protect them from uh, receiving this virus. We really need to pray uh, for all of our leaders, our, our government leaders, uh, those who are working in the, in the health industry, those who are serving uh, in the health industry, serving those who are already infected. We need to pray uh, for them that God would, would strengthen, encourage them, and, and give them wisdom. We really need God to invade this moment in our lives. We need his strength, his wisdom, his power, his healing uh, to help us uh, navigate these uncharted waters. In fact, I think it'd be appropriate if we just joined together to, to pray right now. Our president and our governor uh, has asked us to join join together in prayer. So let's just pause together and pray, and then we'll get moving with uh, the message. Father in heaven, uh, we are not connected today in person, but we are connected by your spirit. And so Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would invade this moment in our lives. Lord, there's so much uncertainty uh, surrounding what's happening around the world. And Lord, we need people to have wisdom in knowing what to do next, uh, how to handle the situations. Lord, we need your, your protection, your provision, and your power uh, to help those, Lord, who are serving in the medical field. Lord, to, to heal those who've already been infected by this and protect those who haven't. Lord, give us all wisdom in knowing how to navigate our own personal situations that we do in a way that honors you and serves other people around us. So Lord, we just give ourselves to you. I pray, God, that you'd use this word to encourage us and to, to challenge us to keep moving forward with you. We love you, God. We give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, while this is not the way I hoped we'd be gathering today, I am very thankful for the power of technology, how we can leverage that to bring us all together. Wherever you're watching this today, uh, I'm just so thankful that uh, you're tuning in. Uh, several years ago, my wife Sabrina and I were on vacation in Galveston, Texas. Uh, we were there for about a week, and we wanted to try a restaurant we've never been to before called Bubba Gump Shrimp. Uh, here's a picture of Bubba Gump Shrimp uh, in Galveston. It sits on top of this super cool pier, uh, extends out over the ocean. There's an amusement park up there, some other attractions. And, and we wanted to try this restaurant because there is an appetizer that they had that sounded delicious. Uh, they actually don't have this appetizer anymore, uh, but it was like a, a hush puppy on steroids. Uh, it was stuffed with cream cheese, jalapeno, some, some seafood. We ordered the appetizer, waited a few minutes. It came, we dug in, and it was just as good as we thought it would be. Uh, we were enjoying the appetizer, having conversation, looking out over the ocean and the shoreline from the window nearby, uh, when all of a sudden, in the middle of, of our conversation, waiting for our meal, meal, my wife, Sabrina, almost in a panic, says, oh no, it kind of caught me off guard. I said, what? And she was looking down at the table, and she said it again, oh no. Uh, I started getting worried. I was like, babe, what's wrong? She said, Looking at the plate, there's only two left. I said, what? She said, again, pointing at the plate, there's only two left. I was like, okay, why is that a problem? Like my wife's lost her mind. And she said this, I, I wanted one more. I said, Sabrina, there's two left and there's two of us. We can each have one. 
The look of relief on her face, I will never forget. I started dying laughing. She was literally in a panic that she was not gonna be able to have one more of these amazing appetizers at Bubba Gump Shrimp. She thought we were not going to have enough. Isn't that how we often view what we have in life? That no matter how much we have or no matter how much we we don't have, uh, isn't that how we often view our money? our possessions, our resources, our time. Isn't that how we view our health? Hello. We look at what we have, or we look at what's happening around us, and we panic. This isn't going to be enough. But as we continue our sermon series today called Grave Robber, where we're looking at every miracle of Jesus recorded in the Gospel of John, here's what we're going to see. We're going to see a math equation today, and while I do believe that math is evil, this is proof that Jesus can take what was intended for evil and turn it into good. Can I get a witness from the home audience today, right? So, so it's the big idea for today, and here's what it is. Jesus plus what I have equals more than enough. Jesus plus what I have equals more than enough. Is that not something we could hold on to in these uncertain times in which we live? Like, as Christians, it's easy for us to say that, right? But, but in times like we're facing today, it's incredibly difficult, incredibly hard to live that out. Now, you might happen to be tuning in today and, and you don't believe in Jesus. And, and it's awesome. I'm so honored and thrilled uh, that you're choosing to watch. And if you've never been to Element Church in person, uh, as soon as we're able and, and ready to, to gather in person again, which we trust and pray will be uh, here very soon, uh, I hope that you'll come and, and join us in person. And when you do, I can, I can promise that you'll be loved and welcomed here uh, regardless of, of what you believe. That said, it is hard sometimes even as Christians, to look at what we have or to look at what's happening around us and believe we have more than enough with Jesus. But this is actually exactly what Jesus is about to show in this miracle we're going to look at, that Jesus plus what I have equals more than enough. So here's the big question then I think we have to answer in light of that big idea. How do I live in the enough? How do I live in that state where I'm just convinced I have more than enough? The main scripture is John 6, 5 through 13. John is the fourth book in the New Testament portion of the Bible. There's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and then John. All four of those first four books in the New Testament, they are all eyewitness accounts to the life, ministry, death, and resurrection of Jesus. And here in John 6, spoiler alert, uh, we're going to see Jesus take five loaves of bread and two fish and feed 5,000 men, not counting women and children. He will feed them so much food from those five loaves and two fish, there's going to be 12 baskets of, of leftovers. So here we go, John 6. Starting in verse 5, says this, Jesus soon saw a huge crowd of people coming to look for him. Turning to Philip, he asked, where can we buy bread to feed all these people? He was testing Philip, for he already knew what he was going to do. Philip replied, even if we worked for months, we wouldn't have what? Enough. We wouldn't have enough money 
to feed them. If you look at Philip's response in the original Greek language this was written, he was actually saying, if we worked for eight months, we couldn't even afford snacks or could ver- barely afford snacks for them, that, that we couldn't feed them a whole meal, just a, a snack. So, so basically, Philip figured out that they could afford snack-sized bags of Cheez-Its for everyone if they had eight months' worth of, of wages. The story continues. Then Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. There's a young boy here with five barley loaves and two fish. But, look at this, what good is that with this huge crowd? What good is that? Let that statement sink in. Think about how ridiculous both Philip's and Andrew's responses sound in light of what they've already seen that they saw Jesus turn 150 gallons of water into wine. They saw him heal the royal official's son from 20 miles away. They saw Jesus give strength to the legs of a man who was paralyzed for 38 years. So much strength, he stood up and was able to walk in an instant. And again, those are just the ones we've looked at recorded in the Gospel of John. We know there were other miracles that aren't even recorded because verse 2 tells us, we didn't read it, but verse 2 in John 6 says the crowd was was so big because all the people heard and saw the miracles Jesus was doing. And yet, with all they had seen Jesus do, with who they knew Jesus was, when Jesus asked, where can we buy food? Philip was like, well, it's Sunday, so Chick-fil-A is closed. Otherwise, they'd help because they're big fans of Jesus. But we can't even afford snack-sized bag of Cheez-Its. And Andrew steps in like, well, Long John Silver's is open, and this little boy has a number four value menu, menu and he looks in the bag, there's like, uh, there's five hush puppies and two fish sticks. But what good is that with this huge crowd? What they held in their hand was not enough for their need, so they gave up. What they held in their hand was not enough for their need, so they gave up. And how often... Is that the case in our lives? Jesus plus what I have equals more than enough. So how do I live in the enough? The first thing I see here is this. I've got to trust God with what I have. Got to trust God with what I have. It's it's super easy for us to kind of pile on the disciples here. I've kind of been poking fun at them already. It's easy for me to look at this story and think, man, why didn't Andrew say, hey, this boy has five loaves of bread and two fish, but that's more than enough with you, Jesus. Why didn't he say that? But how often do I not even live that way in my own life with the abundance of things that I have? How often do I not live in the enough because I'm focused on what I don't have or what I think I won't have instead of focusing on what God's already given me and what he's able to do based on who he is, his character, his goodness, his promises in scripture. I had a completely different direction. I was going to go with this point, but with the craziness of this last week and just the, the rapid advancement of, of the coronavirus, the fear that it's causing uh, all around the world, I feel it's appropriate to address that here just simply inside this idea of trusting God. Lots has been said this last week, especially in the Christian world, about fear versus faith. 
that, that as Christians, we don't have a spirit of fear. And that's true. 1 Timothy 1.7 says, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power, of love, and of a sound mind or self-discipline. But also, as Christians, we are given wisdom, too, to navigate the very difficult world that we, we live in. So I don't think there's anything wrong with taking precautions in times of uncertainty. We're actually doing that right now by not gathering together in, in person. It's, it's wise for us to listen to our government leaders, to those who are leading in the financial sector and the health sector of, of the world. It's wise for us to, to follow protocols that are recommended, that are, that are put in place. There's nothing wrong with, with any of that, but there is a lot of panic happening in our, in our world today. Not just panic about the virus, that's just caused panic over other things. Panic over the stock market uh, crashing and uh, the future financial security, job security. Panic over the, uh, what will this do to, do, do to the election? Uh, literally, the, the, the political posturing and finger pointing is just sickening to me through, through all of this. And it happens on both sides, uh, all sides of the political spectrum. So, so can I just challenge the Christians who are watching today? It's in times of uncertainty that we actually have the greatest opportunity to point people to the certainty we have in our God. That we can be alert to the times around us, but also self-controlled in how we live and respond. That's actually what 1 Thessalonians 5, 6 says, that we should be alert, but self-controlled. Some versions say sober-minded, not losing your mind over what's happening in the world. We can take precautions without panicking. Listen, we can actually suffer while also standing firm in our faith. That's part of the Christian hope that we live in and that we have. It's in times like this that we as Christians get to point people to the never-changing, ever-faithful God of the universe. That, that Jesus plus what I have equals more than enough. That even, as hard as it is to say, even if we lose everything with Jesus, we still have more than enough. We have all we need. That our future is secure, our eternity is in him. Again, it doesn't mean that we act foolishly, but it also means we should live our lives full of faith. How much does the world need to see that today? People who are full of faith. So how do I live in the enough? God, trust God with what I have. Or you can just shorten it up and it fits all aspects of life. Trust God. Gotta trust God. He's not caught off guard by what's happening. God's not scratching his head trying to figure out what to do with all the craziness going on in the world right now. He is still God. He is still good. He is still on the throne. He is still faithful, and we can still trust our God. That's why I challenge us to do today. John 6, verse 10 and 11 then says this, Tell everyone to sit down, Jesus said. So they all sat down on the grassy slopes the men alone numbered about 5,000, the Bible says, which means with women and children, there maybe were 15,000 people present. Then Jesus took the loaves, check this out, gave thanks to God, 
and distributed them to the people. Afterward, he did the same with the fish, and they all ate as much as they wanted. I don't know when the multiplication happened. Maybe as they were handing it out, that just kept on producing more and more. I don't know. But they all ate as much as they wanted. Second thing I see here is this. I need to thank God for what I have. Trust him with what I have, but thank him for what I have as well. You know what I often hear from people? Even people in the church? (laughs) I hear this from Christian people. Well, if I had more, I would be thankful. If I had more, I hear this too, I would give. (laughs) hear that all the time. Notice in this passage, Jesus gave thanks to the Father before he ever received anything from the Father. Jesus gave thanks when there was 5,000 men, not counting women and children, and all he had in his hand was five loaves of bread and two fish. And he thanked God for the five loaves and the two fish. You see, thankfulness is not based on the amount in our hand. It's based on the attitude of our heart. Trust is also not based on the amount in our hand. Trust is based on the attitude of our heart. Trust and thankfulness, they both know that Jesus plus what I have equals more than enough. That I don't know how it's going to happen. I don't know when it's going to happen. But if this is what I have, if this is what's happening to me, I still trust you, God. I still trust you and I'm thankful for whatever I have in my hands. So am I thankful? Am I thankful for what I have? regardless of how much it is? Am I thankful for what I have regardless of what's happening around me in life? I'm telling you, we will never live in the enough until we are thankful for what we already have. We'll never live there until we're thankful for what we have. And this is not some magic formula either. I think we do this as Christians. We think by saying the right words, we can somehow convince God that we actually trust him and that we're thankful. And if we convince him we really are thankful, he'll give us more. It's not what I'm talking about. This is a true attitude of the heart that, that I trust you, God, with what I have. And I'm thankful for what I have, regardless if you ever give me more. I trust you and I'm thankful that Jesus plus what I have equals more than enough. So how do I live in the enough? I gotta trust God with what I have, gotta thank God for what I have, and then number three, gotta take care of what God gives me. Gotta take care of what God gives me. John 6, 12 and 13, we'll conclude the passage here. After everyone was full, so he didn't just give them a snack-sized bag of (laughs) Cheez-Its, they ate till they were full, Jesus told his disciples, now gather the leftovers so that nothing is wasted. So they picked up the pieces and filled 12 baskets with scraps, one for each of the disciples, left by the people who had eaten from the five barley loaves. Here's what stood out to me in those last verses there. Yes, the multiplication is is amazing, but Jesus said, pick up the leftovers so that nothing is wasted. In other words, here's the challenge I had. God wants us to manage well everything he gives us. He wants us to manage well everything he gives us. 
to leverage it for his glory and for the good of others. So am I trusting God with what I have? Am I trusting God regardless of what happens around me? Am I thankful for what I have? Even if he never gives me more, I'm just thankful that God gave me what's in my hands. And am I taking care of what he's given me? Am I a good steward, a good manager of what God's placed in my hands? We had something incredible planned for the end of this service today, uh, but we'll have to save that for another day. I, I don't know what the future holds, church. I don't know what's coming for, for us. I don't know how long the virus will last. I don't know who will get it. I don't know how long we're going to have church online. We will do that as long as it's recommended uh, to do that, honoring those who are in authority over us uh, as government leaders. All I know is this. Now more than ever is an opportunity for God's church, for his people to shine his light in the darkness. Now more than ever is an opportunity for God's church to serve those who are around us in need, to be generous with what God's given us. We were made for this moment, church. We were made to, to minister in, in times like this, not to run away in fear, but to engage what's happening with faith. I don't know what that looks like yet, how we are going to engage. Uh, I don't know how we'll be able to help. But when that time comes, I know you'll be with me, right? You'll be with me in saying, let's be the church that helps in times of need. This is a chance for us to live out our vision, that we exist to guide people to experience life to its fullest, connect into meaningful relationships, and make a lasting impact. We're going to have some opportunities to make a lasting impact in people's lives through this time. One of our core values is leading the way in generosity, that we serve a radically generous God, so we will be radically generous people. And we're going to keep, uh, we'll keep you informed on how we can be generous as a church when those opportunities arise. For now, there, there's four things I think we should do. So I want to close out today. In this time of uncertainty, as a church, there's four things we can do. First of all, we should pray. We started this series saying that prayer is not our last resort. It's our first and ongoing resort. We should pray as we started with. Pray for those who are infected. Pray for those who aren't, that they would be protected. Pray for our government leaders, the decisions they are making, the health officials, those in the medical field. Please pray for us as your church leaders. We are doing our best, seeking counsel, asking God for wisdom and knowing what to do that's best for our church and best for us to love you as a church and love our neighbors uh, as well. Second thing I think we should do is give. Just because we're not having church together in person doesn't mean the bills stop, right? So if you're somebody who already gives to God on a regular basis through Element Church, just ask you to keep continuing to do that as you always do. I will let you know we are in a great place financially. We have a very healthy financial reserves specifically for situations like this. So we're okay. Uh, we're going we're gonna to be great, even if we don't have church next week and even the following. Uh, we're going to be fine, uh, but it doesn't mean that ministry stops. As I said, we're going to have chances to be generous, and we need resources to do that. And so I'm asking all of us to trust God, be thankful, and take care of what he's given us by continuing to give to God through your local church. Third thing to do is serve. 
Uh, as opportunities arise for you to serve people in your life, I would ask you to do that. If you have people who are elderly in your life, uh, who are already sick, have respiratory illnesses, so that, that they maybe don't feel comfortable going out in public, uh, offer your help to them. Run errands for them. Pray for them. Uh, do whatever you can to help those around you. My wife and I have an elderly uh, widow, uh, widow neighbor who has respiratory problems, and we've already reached out to her to say, hey, uh, anything we can do to help you, we want to be there for you. If you have that situation, would encourage you to do the same as well. If you need help from our church, please ask us, and we'll do what we can uh, to serve you in your time of need. We do have some serving opportunities coming up with the food pantry at Element that, depending on what happens the next few weeks, could become a huge need for people in our community, depending on what happens with schools and, and all that. And then, and then lastly, so pray, give, serve. Lastly, connect. Don't disconnect during this time. Okay. Yes, we might need to separate from physical connection, but don't disconnect. Connect to God first. Connect to others as it's safe and healthy for you to do. And stay connected to the church. Uh, as long as we need to, we will offer online content like this. But when we come back together, and we will, this will end. I believe the Lord will help us navigate this. And when we come back together, I'm asking that all of us come back together and that we go all in with God and his church to serve our community. In this time, we need each other. We need each other. We need to not just come to church. We need to be the church. We're being forced outside the four walls. What will we do with that? Jesus said... I will build my church, and the gates of hell itself shall not prevail against it. That means nothing can stop God's church from advancing in his kingdom. No virus, no illness, no financial calamity, no political decision can stop God's church from being the church. So I'm asking us together to be the church. Pray. Give, serve, connect. And while we do that, let's trust God with what we have. Let's thank him for what we have. And let's take care of what he's given us. Thanks so much for tuning in today. Uh, Element Church, I love you guys so much. I would encourage you to share this uh, on your social media feeds uh, for other people to partake of as well. And please stay tuned to uh, our church website, social media, email, as we'll tell you what's coming next uh, on what the plan is for meeting together. Let's close in prayer and then let's go on and, and be, uh, be God's church this week. God, we thank you so much for the opportunity to gather together online and Lord, while we're not together in person, we are together connected by your Holy Spirit. Lord, I thank you that this word, this, this passage was already planned weeks ago, and yet it's so relevant for today that regardless of what happens around us, regardless of what we have, we want to trust you. Lord, we thank you for everything you've given us. And even with all this uncertainty, we thank you regardless of what you do. We thank you. And Lord, help us to take care of what you've given us, to be good stewards, good managers of our time, our talents, our treasure. Lord, of all the things you've given us, help us manage it well for you. We love you, God. We give you all praise for who you are. In Jesus' name, amen.